Hey everybody, welcome to the Canadian Job Search Podcast. My name is John Rubero and I will be your host. I'll be interviewing recruiters, hiring managers, and experts to help you land your next job sooner. Just a quick reminder to download your high converting resume template that's been proven to get you more job interviews at resumetemplate.canadianjobsearchacademy.com. And if this episode resonates with you, then remember to subscribe, comment, and share. Thank you and welcome to the show. Hey everybody, welcome to the Canadian Job Search Podcast. My name is John Rivero, your host, and today we've got a very special guest in David Perry. <laughs> David Perry teaches companies not only to hire the right candidates, but also teach candidates on how to make business decisions that'll help them shape their careers. He's an author, a speaker, and a headhunter of Industry 4.0 Leaders. Well, welcome to the show, David. Good morning, John. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to speak with you. I know you and I, we, we had a, a, a quick chat just two days ago and we started talking about, you know, what's actually happening in the market and, you know, based on what you've done in your position, how you're helping organizations bring in the right candidates, but also getting candidates into the right roles. So let's just start off really quick. What's different about today's market? Well, you, you, we were talking about this a couple of seconds ago and you were saying it's a candidate driven market. What that means to most people is there's a shortage of talent. You know, that the unemployment rate is low. Um, and, you know, and I pushed back and uh, gently and said, I would argue, or sorry, and I use that word argue, I would, I would say instead that uh, it's always a candidate-driven uh, market. Uh, the difference is it's, it's a candidate-driven market when you have talent. And everybody's got talent. The question comes back to who have you got talent for? And we, we were discussing America's Got Talent. And anyone that watches the show and knows that 100 people go through that, that show every season and and it's called America's Got Talent but if you watch it you're really you know more or less laughing going no that's not funny they haven't got any talent so people have skills they don't necessarily have talent so what's the difference so what's the difference between skills and talent because some people are, are probably listening to this and they say you know what I've got 20 years of experience I have all these skills but nobody's hiring me so what's well, the difference between that's a great and question. And, and the easiest way to think about it is, you know, skills are things that everybody has and talent is, is something as from a recruiter standpoint, talent is something that an employer is willing to pay for, mm. right? Not everybody um, that gets called for an, an opportunity by a headhunter or anybody else uh, gets hired. Why? Because someone else has got a closer fit. They got, they don't necessarily have more skills, but their talent fits that organization. Is, is that an easy enough answer? Yeah, no, no, for sure. It's, you know, kind of going back to the basics of business supply and demand, right? So if you yes. have a, a particular skill that's in demand and you have talent and that's what the organization is willing to pay for, if you don't, then, you know, it's just not there and the organizations aren't going to pick you up. And, and, you know, with the switch today, right, because there's been a lot of people that have been due to the pandemic not, you know, removed or kind of shifted from, you know, a lot of service industries, airline industries, they're moving into new careers. And one of the things that I see candidates really struggling with is how do they market their talent or market their skills that they already have? And I know this is one of the things that we talked about, but I'd like to get your insights in terms of what can a candidate do to really highlight or market their skills better? That's a great question. And, uh, you know, I always say every job hunter has to start with one thing. And if they get it right, everything else falls into place. If they get it wrong, uh, they're, they're running around for a long, long time. And it, and it comes down to one simple thing, clarity, clarity. Who do you want to work for? Well, that's based on 
what skills you have that they're hiring for. So who do you want to work for? What skills do you want to use? And, and if you're really smart, and I'm assuming all your, your listeners are, um, those skills will actually be things you like to do. So if you can line up your likes and skills with an employer's needs, you know, it's pretty basic, right? But the question is, how do you do that? It's actually not that hard. Um, and so I, what I'd like to talk about um, is uh, networking, but I want to talk about it a little bit differently. I want to talk about networking with the newly departed. Now, we're not talking about dead people. You know, I had this discussion <laughs> with Psychic Sue a couple of years ago. It's not dead people. But here's the challenge with networking, right? You decide for some reason, somehow you pick your top 10 companies. And now you want to you want to you want to get in that company and find out if they have a need for you. So you, you can spend traditional networking. You can spend, you know, weeks and months, you know, chasing people on LinkedIn, making phone calls, trying to get informational interviews, uh, and you might get in. But chances are you won't because of a whole factor of reasons I'm not going to talk about today because it's going to take me off topic. There's a much easier way to, and you know how much I talk, there's a much easier way to network. Make your top 10 list. And it's 10. It's not 20. It's not 40. It's not 50. The FBI has got a top 10 list for a reason. Follow the FBI. They're setting a good example. Um, you know, they just knock them off 10 a year sort of thing. So if you, you, you make your top 10 list of employers. And rather than looking for jobs, okay, rather than applying for jobs, what you really need to do is find out if that company has a need. And it's a very simple way to do it. As a headhunter, this is what I do. This is duh simple. Take your top 10 list of companies. Pick a company. John, any company you can think of right now. Off the top of my head, let's go with Google. Google. Okay, Google. Good one to do. That, that was easy. Okay. <laughs> Not John's all body, but Google. Fine. <laughs> what, what, and, 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 and what department would you like to work in in Google? Within Google, within human resources. Okay, perfect. So you go to, you go to, you actually go to Google. I mean, online Google, the search, search bar. And you type in the word Google and the word resume and the word H, uh, human resources uh, plus HR. You, you put that in brackets so that, they, that Google knows. And then you, mm -hmm. you, you go over a couple of steps and you type in the negative sign and without skipping a space, apply. Now, what that does is it tells Google to go and find all the resumes of the people that have worked at Google in human resources. Now, why would you want to do that? Well, pretty simple. They're the number one on your top of your list, right? Mm -hmm. Do you want to spend you know, months and months and months trying to network your way into Google only to find out that the person, that either they don't need you or that the person that you would be working for much worse is a schmuck? Probably wouldn't happen to Google, but you know you don't want to do that, right? Yeah, That's a waste sure. of time. You never get back. You never get back. You could be doing your, you know, your your Joe jobs around the house. So instead, you send Google to bring you back all those resumes, and then you sc start scrolling through them online, and you find someone that used to work in Google, you know, six, nine, maybe twelve months ago, and you bring their resume up, and what have you got? You got their entire resume. You got their phone number. You probably get their email address, and you just pick up the phone and you say, hi, John, my name's David Perry. I just read your resume on the internet. You got a minute. 
Now, John is thinking, oh, my God, this is a headhunter. They're really excited. They're, oh, my God. So they're, they're open to discussions. They go, yes, what's this all about? And you say, well, I'm doing, my name is David Perry, and I'm doing some research on Google. And I noticed that you used to work there last year or nine months ago, whatever it was. Can I ask you some questions? Nine times out of 10, they'll say yes. And the one time they don't, you just say, oh, I'm sorry. You're having a bad day. Shall I call you, call you back later? And they'll laugh. Or they'll slam the phone down. They usually just laugh and they say, "No, no, no. You know, what, what do you want?" I say, "Well, listen. Um, I'm considering looking inside Google for an opportunity, and I know you used to work there, so I, I really like to understand: is this a good place to work? Mm-hmm. You know, what did you learn? Why did you leave? The, the manager that you were uh, you were working with, you know, do they have the ear of their um, their direct supervisor? Do people listen to them?" What are their top three issues, John? I mean, they're, they're director of, uh, of human resources in, you know, product um, m- marketing. Mm-hmm. You know, what are the biggest issues that Sally, your manager, uh, is facing? You know what? They'll tell you. Why is this important? Well, it's important because you're going to do this for 10 companies. You're going to eliminate the companies because uh, you need to talk to you know one, two, sometimes three people in each one of these companies to get a, a fair overview. But you're going to eliminate any of the companies where you realize nah, the schmucks because you don't want to do it. Right. But you saved it. T- we're, we're laughing. But you, no, I know. Wouldn't you rather know that they're a schmuck than you, 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 you get the song and dance as a candidate. You come on board. You're all full of and vinegar and you're giving it your all and then your boss comes by and re- realize oh my god they really are complete fools what have i done now you got to do it all over again no 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 do it all ahead of time put yourself out of your you know put yourself out of your own misery do it ahead of time eliminate the companies that you're never going to want to work for hmm. then what you do is you go oh okay well now i need to talk to sally well you can do a you know we call them gorilla resumes it's a one-page resume um, I wrote Guerrilla Marketing for Job Hunters. So that, that book, and you can get it online. You can, you can just Google Guerrilla Marketing for Job Hunters or Guerrilla Resumes. You'll get tens of thousands of examples. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, so pretty, pretty simple. So you send Sally a letter that says, Sally, my name is, and, uh, you know, I used to work for, or I currently work at. And, um, you know, these are the things that I did over at Yahoo, for example. Okay. Well, if those three things, and hint, 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 they're going to be the same. If those three things happen to be the same issues that Sally has, what do you think Sally's going to do? No. After she gets up off the floor, she's going to call you. John, <laughs> this is Sally. I just got your, I don't know what this is. It's a resume. I don't know. But I want to have coffee. Yes. And that's how you end the letter. You know, Sally, I've done these three things. Love to have a conversation with you. If you're interested in having a coffee, um, give, me a, give me a call. That's how all this starts and how you get behind the door, whether you use the Starbucks coffee cup caper or you use the Trojan thank you note or the email chain letter, irrelevant. What's relevant is you know what Sally's pain is mm. and you address it in that letter and that resume. Um, you know, I was, I was talking to someone a little while ago, you know, a, a, a good cover letter. And yes, you have to have one, a good cover letter and a good resume or overview is like a marriage proposal. You craft it once for one particular person. And in this case, it's Sally at Google. And then you do that for the other nine people or nine organizations that uh, that are on your top 10 list. That's how you go find a job. 
-hmm. if you want to be found, because there's only two types of ways, there's only two ways to, to get work, find a job or be found, right? Hansel and Gretel time, right? Hansel and Gretel time. So how do you get, should I keep going, John? Yeah, let's keep going. Okay. I definitely want to explore. So let's keep going, David. Okay, so, so Hansel and Gretel is the other answer, okay? Remember Hansel? You know, the, you know the, 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 their parents or their father dragged them out in the woods and he left breadcrumbs so they could come back to the house, probably. Right. And it ended in indecency. So how do people find you? Well, I'll give you a perfect example. Um Eight or nine years ago, I'm speaking at uh, the uh, aeronautical, aviation and aeronautical symposium. It's like 60,000 people go to this thing. I had 700 people in a room and um, 700 engineers. Are you an engineer, John? I forgot no, I'm not an engineer. So I can do this. People, people right. don't know where I am. They can't, they can't touch me. I won't be offended. I'm sure they won't be offended either. They will, but they'll get over it. Okay. So <laughs> I'm standing in front of this room of 700 engineers and I... I I, I play stump the re recruiter for 50 bucks. If I ask you a question or you, and, and, and you can't answer it, I keep my money. If you ask me a question and I can't answer it, you get my money. So I asked the, I asked the audience, I said, how many exhaust systems engineering jobs are there in Detroit? We're standing in Detroit. And we went around the room because they're excited, right? 50 bucks is 50 bucks. It was American money. It wasn't Canadian money. Uh, and I showed them that ahead of time, just to clarify so uh, we went around the room and we all agreed, nothing. There are no engineering, there are exhaust systems engineering jobs in Detroit. And I said, that's interesting. I got up at five o'clock this morning, like I normally do. And I did a Google search. That's not what I normally do. I did a Google search, a Twitter search, and a LinkedIn search. And on Google, I found that there were 64 jobs for exhaust systems engineers in Detroit. And on LinkedIn, there was 33. And on, on, and on Twitter, uh, there were 16. I said, huh. Wonder how that is. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to put you out of your misery. I said, you got to understand. Standing at the front of the room, I'm a recruiter. I'm a I'm a BA for God's sake in economics and industrial relations. You're y'all are engineers, engineers. I mean, some of you got master's degree in engineering. I said, so I'm just a little, little tiny BA, but I'm the one that has power over your life because I'm the recruiter. Mm -hmm. Can anybody tell me in the audience? how I go about finding someone like you, you know, and then went around the room and everybody guessed. I said, nah, I love you all, but you're all so wrong. Here's, here's what happens. I'm an engineer or sorry, I'm a B I'm, 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 I'm a recruiter and I go to Google or I go to LinkedIn and you know what I type in? I type in exhaust systems engineer Detroit. Huh? Okay. Now, ladies and gentlemen, would all the exhaust systems engineers in the audience, please stand up. And they did it. There's 40 plus of them. I said, listen, if I went to LinkedIn right now and typed in exhaust systems engineer Detroit, would I find you? And before you answer that question, you would actually have to put the words exhaust system engineer and Detroit in your profile. All those people that I would find, please remain standing. And they all sat down. I said, huh, isn't that interesting? So what's the point of this? The point of this is two ways to find a job. You go find it or it finds you. Well, it can't find you if you don't use the words that they're looking for you with. And mm -hmm. I just like to drive this home. I said, most of you in the audience are old enough to remember yellow pages. I said, if I was going to order a pizza out of the yellow pages, you know, tonight, you know, because I'm afraid to go out because the, the, the building is surrounded by a swarm of angry engineers who want to burn me at the stake for being so insulting. I said, do you think I'd open the yellow pages and go to pizza or would I go to Chinese food? If I want to eat, 
and I'm looking for a pizza, I'm going to look in the pizza section. Or if I go on Google, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be Googling for Chinese food using the word pizza in my, in, in my search. So ladies and gentlemen, the easiest way to find a job, the easiest way to stack um, the, uh, the deck in your favor, even today, go to LinkedIn and type in the title of the job that you want and see if you find yourself. Probably not. So do yourself a favor. Go and read the profiles of the three people that come up on top. You, you actually don't need to, to read number two and number three, but that might be interesting. But read the profiles of the first uh, three people that pop up on, on LinkedIn or do the same mm -hmm. thing in Google. And then ask yourself, okay, what keywords did I use? And why didn't I find myself? Oh, I didn't use those words on my LinkedIn profile. So go back and fix your LinkedIn profile and go to the, go to the number one one, read it, see how many times they use your keywords. Now you do the same thing with your LinkedIn profile, but add one more keyword. It's really simple, right? If you have four sets of keywords and the other guy has three, you come up first. That's mm -hmm. how it works. And it's, just, it's very similar in, in, in Google. And the point of all this is you want to work, find a job, or be found. It's a lot easier to be found. It's a lot easier to, you know, to answer the phone and go, hi, David Perry. No, I'm not interested in that job. Hi, David. No, I'm not interested in that job. It's easier for you to answer the phone as a candidate and say, nah, I don't want to do that. Nah, I don't want to do that. Then it is to get you, then it is for you to get the employer to answer the phone and say, hey, would you like to come in for an interview? Um, it won't happen. You can, you can be dialing for dollars for weeks. Um, why do that? Why not put a, why not put a quarter million recruiters at your disposal and let them fight over you because they found you on LinkedIn or they found your uh, resume in, uh, in Google by doing a keyword search. It's very basic. It's very simple. It's very fast. So actually, and so this is probably a question that's probably on the mind of our listeners right now in terms of percentages, how much time are recruiters actually spending online searching for people versus people applying into roles? I know I have a number in my head. I just want to see if it matches with what you're thinking. I, I don't know. I, I, I only know for myself. Uh, mm. When I started search, no, I do executive stuff, but I've been doing my first, uh, my first placement was my former manager at a company called Consumers Distributing long before your time. <laughs> no, I remember Consumers Distributing. <laughs> he, was my, he was my district manager and I put him in Fairweathers as, as a trainee, long mm -hmm. story. So I've done everything from, and I've actually hired warehouse guys. So warehouse to CEO, just the last 10 years, it's all been C-level uh, recruitment. Um, when I start a search, I'll use something like Zoom Info or um, one of the other, you know, artificial intelligence uh, mm -hmm. um, programs that brings me names and profiles. You know, I, can, I can use LinkedIn and I'll do a keyword on Zoom Info. I'll say, you know, give me all the names of all of the, um, blonde-eyed, blue, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, left-handed programmers in New York or Toronto. And mm -hmm. they'll bring me the list. And it's all there. I'll just start calling. I'll, I'll, I'll read their stuff and then I'll start calling. So why am I telling you this? Um, if you can't be found, you won't be called. Mm -hmm. Pretty simple. And, and, and people like me spend more time sifting through data um, and reading profiles mm -hmm. than we do writing ads it's as simple as that. And, or reading, re, or, you know, resumes that come in blind. Does that so answer that question? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So are you spending, so from, from a candidate's perspective, and actually this is, you know, I'm always kind of considering the candidate's perspective. 
is it easier for them to be found? So does it matter if they're already employed to be found or is it just a matter of having a really good profile to help them stand out? Um, it, it doesn't matter whether you're employed or unemployed. Okay. Um, especially, the, especially the last five years. Uh, okay. Employment status is irrelevant. Uh, and, and, and right now in this day and age, if you're in construction, for example, by the way, if your listeners are, are any of your listeners are site superintendents, who, who work on homes and have, have been doing home building and, and, and cranked out 30 to 80 you know, new homes a year, call me. <laughs> call me, please. So um, it, it's, it's, easier to, um, it's easier to be found and it's easier to take your pick of opportunities when you've got a job. Okay. But it's irrelevant for recruiters. Um, you know, and we can have that discussion over retained versus contingency till the cow comes home. Um, recruiters don't care. If you got the right skill set, they don't care whether you're employed or unemployed. Um, back in the day, most would, you know, would simply advertise to find someone that was between opportunities. Uh, nowadays, um, they don't care. I certainly don't care. Mm-hmm. I, 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 99% of the people that I talk to have a job, aren't looking. Um, and I have to, you know, do the song and dance and you know, present an opportunity that's compelling enough for them to answer a couple of questions that allows me to pre-qualify them. And most recruiters are like this. Okay. So this is good. So I just, one question, I know as we start to wrap up this call, uh, the one question, it's great that you can get them into the room because that's part of what you do as a recruiter. What is the one thing that you're starting to see where candidates are failing, I guess, at the interview piece? Because, you know, it's, it's, one, it's one thing to get into the room but it's a, it's a completely other thing when you're actually in front of a hiring manager. What are some of the common mistakes that you're seeing that's happening today that are preventing some of these people actually landing some of these jobs? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and I'm going to give you the answer that I probably wouldn't have given you three months ago. Um, the answer is very few candidates take the time beforehand to answer the fundamental question that an employer is trying to get at, which is, why should I hire you? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the reason I say they're failing to do that is because sometime in the interview process, either they're going to ask that question or you need to line up for your own sake as a candidate, how your background and experience fits their needs and what's in it for you as a candidate. And what happens in what I've seen happen a lot, even at the executive level, um, I've seen candidates go, well, why should I work here? Do you hear that silence? Yeah. Th- that's a stunningly stupid question to ask. Because if you can't tell me. I was just thinking, why would somebody ask that? Why should I work here? Well, <laughs> I guess th- there was, you know, uh, Dick Bowles, what colors your parachute years? And Dick and I are friends. And God mm-hmm. love us all. Um, um, 20 years ago, told people to ask a question like that. So to force the employer to sell you on their job. Mm -hmm. That was a great idea, never, but it died 20 years ago, you know, like two weeks after Dick published it, but it's still in What Colors Your Parachute. So if if you haven't figured out how you can help the company, you shouldn't be there. Mm -hmm. You've just wasted your time in theirs. 
you need to understand how you're going to contribute because you know employers and hiring managers don't get up on a monday morning and go Ooh, i'm gonna hire someone today because i got an extra hundred thousand dollars in my budget no 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 um they wake up and they've got a problem and either you're going to solve their problem or they're going to buy another piece of equipment. And I've actually had these conversations with uh, clients. I remember one of them turning to me and saying, well, why should I, I got $60,000 in my budget. I can spend $60,000 more than the 90 we we're going to spend on this engineer. Um, or I can hire this engineer for 90 or this one for 150. Why do I want to do that? And we literally went through a blackboard you know, exercise for the next hour and a half and ended up hiring the more expensive, quote unquote, more expensive person because they're going to make us more money in the end. And at, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, employers want to know three things. That's it. Three, three things. Here they are. Can you make me money? Can you save me money? Can you increase my efficiency? And all three of those have everything to do with their economic survival. And that's now more than ever uh, post-COVID. Does that answer that question? Yeah, no, absolutely. I love it. it it's been... Uh it's it's been interesting because i've been seeing a lot of people make it to the process or make it to the step where they're now in front of a hiring manager and they're just it's not working for them so something so this is great so you know how do you make the money how do you save the money how do you make things more efficient yeah. it's totally in line with what i believe as well i just i, I want to hear the audience listen to this and actually hear this because this is what's going to make you different and this is going to make you stand out so just you have, go ahead sorry, go ahead no, go Honestly, ahead, just in case there are listeners there going, who the heck is this guy? <laughs> and, you know, why should I listen to him? Well, you can talk about the books I've written if you want to. But here, here's the here's the, you know, the back of my baseball card. More than 400 million in salaries. That's what I've negotiated over the last 35 years. I've been in business for 35 years as a headhunter. Uh, that in itself is, is like five lifetimes. I've done, I've closed 1,587 projects myself on five continents. We have a one-year guarantee. It's, and, and, and it's, not, it's not relevant to candidates, but it is. We have a one-year guarantee. I replaced six people in 35 years. Why is that relevant? It's relevant because I know how to line up correctly an employer's needs, wants and needs with the candidate's skills and abilities. And it's not that hard to do once you sit down and figure yourself out. And that starts with the self-assessment. Who do I want to work for? What do I want to do? It all starts right there. Clarity. Nice. I like that. Did, didn't mean to jump in and... and, and um, no, not at all. This is great. This is incredibly valuable information. And I know the audience, you know, the three books that you have, Hiring Greatness, Executive Recruiting, Guerrilla Marketing for Job Hunters 3.0. I'll definitely share some of those links in, in the show notes when I release this podcast, David, but as we, as we start to wind down, you know, if people wanted to learn more about you or, or get more information about, you know, your books or your services, anything, where could they go and get that information? So for job hunters, you know, the easiest thing they can do is go to a new website we started called mynewjobhunt.com. Mynewjobhunt.com is a platform that we built. It's a platform for job hunters to find their next job. And the platform is all inclusive and it was built on the practices and principles that I wrote about in guerrilla marketing for job hunters. So I got tired 
almost 15 years ago of uh, spending a, a good month of my life, usually the month of May, um, dealing with my clients, kids. And, I mean, I, I do it because you have to, right? And because I enjoy it. Um, and started to write the, the books. And then I wrote the platform so we can get a, we could reach more people more effectively. But uh, that's where I go, mynewjobhunt.com. And there's a book there. It's free. You can buy it on Amazon for 14 bucks. You can get it on AppSumo for a dollar or you can download it free on My New Job Hunt. And it's called Diary of a Successful Job Hunter. You know, pra practical, tactical tips. And what it is, is it's the, the literally the journal of a guy who I took through a 10-week boot camp. And the highs and the lows and what he did. And he talks about the gorilla resume, the gorilla cover letter, you know, the Trojan thank you note, all these things that we kind of touched on today, mm -hmm. they're all in the book and it's free. <laughs> so if you read this and you don't get a job, you didn't read it. You just stuck it under your pillow. And folks, osmosis does not does work. Not work. <laughs> I wouldn't have failed grade five if it did, but that's another story. Grade six. No, it was grade five. Yeah. All right. Excellent, David. Well, thank you. I'm going to make sure I include that uh, link in the show notes as well. Uh, and I'm going to be downloading my own copy of the book. I want to make sure, you know, one of the things that we do on this podcast as part of a series, I have the successful candidate series where I interview successful candidates that are going through the process. So I love the concept of having the diary of a successful job hunter, which is fantastic. So definitely I'm going to share that out with everybody. You could actually interview him. Why don't I do that? <laughs> Greg, I just thought of it now, John, but Greg Quirk, who, who, who's the guy that wrote the book. Um, yeah, I'll, I, uh, if you're interested, I'll, I'll reach out to them or put the two of you together. That would be brilliant. Yes, I think, I'd love I think that. that would be fun. Yeah, because one of the things we're always focused on, especially in this podcast, is really how do you inspire people? And this is what I'm looking for. I'm always looking for inspiring guests, I'm looking for people with heart, people who really want to give back to the community of job hunters that are out there. And that's why I'm interviewing you. And that's why you're on the podcast today. So oh, thank you. I just want to wrap this up. I know you're going to share some information with you, so we'll do that. But uh, for everybody listening in, thank you for joining and listening to this episode of the Canadian Job Search Podcast. Wishing you all a great one. Talk to you all soon. Take care.